here's what we don't have in our life. Wouldn't it be great if when we woke up in the morning, somehow, someway, our heart was able to kind of have its own dashboard and could show us where we're off or where we're on or if we're full of gas. I shouldn't say full of gas. <laughs> if we're empty, if we're hot, boiling hot, if we're cool. But there is a way that when we look today really into God's Word, that's what sharpens us. That's what jolts us. That's what corrects us. That's what puts joy in our heart. That's what matters the most. You know, your heart, the ticker, right? That's beating, beating, beating. When it beats, it squeezes and pushes blood through your entire body. In fact, it's pretty amazing that in 24 hours, your heart will beat about 100,000 times. In 24 hours. Some, if you're a little, right, if, if your warning light's on, maybe you gotta, it might beat a little bit more. you got to bring it down. But 100,000 times, and it will pump through your heart 2,000 gallons of blood in 24 hours. During the lifetime, your lifetime, your heart will have pumped one million barrels of blood. Powerful your heart is. Your physical heart affects your entire body. It affects everything about you. So to have a long and active life, you have to have a healthy heart and they tell us there's two ways. It's diet and it's exercise, right? Diet and exercise. So I have another picture. I was having my shots for my missions trip, and I was also having a physical, and I saw this in the doctor's office. Healthy eating is a sign of self-respect. You cannot expect to feel like a million bucks if you eat from the dollar menu. <laughs> right? That's Proverbs chapter 32, verse 1. No, <laughs> True, isn't it? You probably never feel good after the dollar menu. But to have a, a healthy heart is diet and exercise. Now, spiritually, the Bible talks to us about a spiritual heart. Though the Bible teaches us that we are a spirit, we have a soul and we live in the body, it would also seem to teach us that the heart of the person is the connector or a bridge to both the spirit and the soul. The heart is the core of the person. Or we could say, it, the heart is the core of you. And we see in the Bible that it says our heart thinks, our heart remembers, our heart reflects, our heart meditates, our heart worships, our heart makes plans. In fact, we go on and on and on. I believe close to a thousand times in the Bible, it mentions something about the heart, and the heart is also one of the topics that's mentioned over and over again in the book of Proverbs. In fact, Proverbs 16:9 says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Right? A man's heart plans, but the Lord directs. 
So at salvation, when you confess Jesus as your Savior, Romans 10, 9 and 10, you asked him to come into your life, to be uh, your Lord, to be your Savior, and you started to live this life and trusting him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. Paul writes these by the Holy Spirit, and he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So he says, when you've done that, you're a new creation. One of the translations says, you're, and I like the translation, you're a new creature. There's something new about you. Well, we know that's the heart, right? There's a newness about you. I like what the message says, how it says it. It says it this way. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him. So a new life takes place. But how many of you know you can't just stop after you said, Jesus, be my Lord? You, have, you begin now that path of walking with the Savior. In fact, we know this. We have to align our hearts with Jesus. We follow him. Uh, he tells us to take up his cross and follow him every day. We're to follow his words. We're to follow his words in the word of God. And I love what Psalm 121 says. We're to look to him every day. We're to look to him. And the Lord is more interested in the condition of our hearts than our gifts and our talents. He's more interested in the condition of your heart. The heart is the first priority to God. Because he knows if he can change your heart, then all of a sudden all of these other outcomes are going to change as well. When we, when we, we are to make sure that our hearts are soft, are teachable, and are listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So we could say this, guarding your heart is the most important single thing that you can do. We are all bombarded. Day in, day out, 24-7. But only we can guard our heart. Your physical heart determines how and what your body can and cannot do. Your spiritual heart affects you both spiritually, physically, and eternally. Right? Three, physically, spiritually, or spiritually, physically, and eternally. And nobody has more influence over your life than who? Than you. You can have a drill instructor, you can have a hard teacher, you can have a hard spouse, but you know what? You still have you to deal with. And that's what's important for all of us to look in the mirror and guard our hearts, guard our thoughts. We'll talk about that in a minute. So Proverbs 4.23 in fact, uh, it mentions this out of the New King James. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Out of your heart 
is what's springing the issues of life. Or as we read earlier out of the New uh, Living Translation, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Well, at our house, Sunday night's trash night. Sunday night is when we put our trash cans out. And do you know that when, I, when it's put out at the curb, do you know I never worry about if it's stolen? I don't care if some guy comes by and goes through and takes things that should have been recycled out. I ne you never post a guard. You know, I'm going to hire you every, every Sunday night. You're going to guard my trash till Monday morning. Do any of you ever do that? No, your trash sits out all night long till whenever it's picked up completely unguarded. The only thing we get concerned about is boxes that have address labels on it, right? Take those things off. Complete, why? Because it's trash. It's worthless. It stinks. I wouldn't want to guard that or keep that. I want it gone. Well, here's what's important to know. But our homes, we make sure everything's locked. All the doors locked. Anybody ever said that at night? All the doors locked. Is the alarm set. Some have, people have cameras, 24-hour surveillance. Because the valuables aren't in the trash can. The valuables are in the house. Or the valuables are in the car. Probably where they shouldn't be. Or the valuable, valuables are in your business. Or they're in your office. Or they're somewhere else. Those are the things that are kept guarded because there's value. Well, here's what we need to know. The value of your life and my life is in my heart. It's to be guarded. In fact, it says this. That's a powerful word. Above all else, it's to be guarded. One of the translations call, call, calls our heart a wellspring. A wellspring. It should be guarded, it should be nurtured, it should be watched. The heart is under attack. You know, and I, and I love reading through the Old Testament. One of the stories in Genesis chapter 27, it's actually one of those funny ones, but it's a story of deception. It's a mother, Rebecca, who has two sons, Jacob and Esau, and she's going to deceive her husband. She's going to get the one son, she's going to get some... Uh, hair from some goats and put him on his arms and going to cook him a stew and she's going to go and take the son to the husband and deceive him so that I or so that Jacob could get the blessing while Esau is out hunting to build the soup that's in the bible right that's deception is that the hairy kid is going to get by can you imagine you know you have a little higher voice than Esau Esau's kind of a rugged guy that's deception. Who would do that? It's in the Bible. Why is it in the Bible? It's to show us how hearts can get twisted. Okay, son, here's what we're going to do. I'm, I'm going to work on the stew. You go out and you kill a goat and bring in, we're going to put its hair on you. Mom, are you okay? Have you been out in the sun a little bit too long? Because dad's going to think you're Esau. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, it's in the Bible, right? So the Bible, when we read in the Old Testament... It's heart deception. Satan says in his heart, I will ascend like the Most High. It says it. He said in his heart, deception, deception. So we know this. Proverbs 12, verse 20 says, tells us, deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace 
have joy. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise easel, evil, but counselors of peace have joy. Proverbs 6, 16, and 18 says this, The six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are an abomination to him, a heart that devises wicked plans. You know, there's not a week if I, if I look at the headlines that I'm not sickened every week by something that happened to somebody more evil, more perverse, more deception. And you would think that people in our day would wake up and not do the things that they do, but we're seeing the most heartbreaking stories week in, week out. Why? The heart's deceived, deceptive. It's leaning and it's running to do evil. It has not been guarded. But the Bible teaches us this, uh, you are where your heart is. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So interesting that it lets me know, what are my thoughts? What am I thinking about? What am I putting my attention on? What am I focusing on? Because the Bible's very clear, what you think about, you become. What you think about, you become. Proverbs 27, 19, this is a great verse. As in water, face reveals face. So a man's heart reveals the man. We could probably do a, a, a new translation. If I look in the mirror, face reveals face. It sees everything. Well, that's exactly like the heart of man. It reveals who the real you is. That's why God doesn't look at the outward appearance in 1 Samuel chapter 16. God looks at what? The heart. That's a great example for us. When David was chosen king, it wasn't the oldest good-looking one. How many of you are the oldest in your family? How many of you are the good-looking ones? <laughs> Some of you put your hand right down. How many of you, all right. How many of you are just good looking? <laughs> God looks at the heart. That's what he searches at. He's not looking at the outside. He's searching in our heart. God looks for character over charisma any day. Character over charisma. He looks for humility over the chosen ones. He's looking for character in humility. So let me ask us a couple questions here. So what are we feasting on? The physical heart, there are certain foods that can help our physical heart or hurt our physical heart. Our spiritual heart, the real us, what's influencing you? What are you listening to? What are you looking upon? How are you building yourself up? Notice, you know, I'll show you some power. Have you ever done this before? You're, I'll use the mall for an example. You're at the mall and you hear an 80s song. And all of a sudden you are quickly transported back to junior high. And you remember who you were with, where you were, the colors of the room. For ladies, they always remember what they're, well, they remember what they're wearing but you're automatically taken back to that location just by a song that you heard. Anybody ever have that happen to them? 
and you remember everything about you. That's how God's made us, to remember those things. That's why worship is so powerful to us because it's something that we've got to get on the inside of our heart to be worshipers because when we hear something like that, we want to be taken back to a time where we've heard from God. That's why God is concerned about what we're feasting on. What's your spiritual diet if you had to write it out? Because you've got to be a person that encourages yourself. And I love what David did. Over and over we read that in Psalms. He would inquire of the Lord. He built himself up in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. As he would write things, he would sing unto the Lord, shout out unto the Lord to encourage himself. Here's another one. The community of people that were around. Here's what's so important for us. There's no way to follow Jesus in isolation. We read that last week in, in Friends. A person that isolates themselves seeks their own desire. They rage against all wise counsel. You were created to be in relationship with people. So there's no way to follow him in isolation. We need people. We need a community of believers. We need people that are pouring into us, and we need people that we are pouring into. That's how it works. And even as you might feel like, you know, I just keep pouring out and pouring out. Nobody's pouring on me. Well, that's where we trust that as you give, God will give out and pour people back into your life. There's a constant flow in and out that needs to happen as you love and as you serve others. People also need to hear about the Jesus in you. That's part of our heart sharing, even if it's a quick little word. Or a quick little, I'm going to pray for you today. It's so important that we do that. That's how we grow. That's how we grow as a family. And the people you're sitting around, you're going to spend eternity with them. Look at the, your neighbor. Say, oh boy. No, don't say that. <laughs> eternity with them. Let me give you another one. Preach the gospel to yourself. Preach the gospel to yourself. I got one amen. Preach the gospel to yourself. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, preach the gospel to yourself. Right? To meditate the word, I'm to listen to the word, I'm to worship. I, I need to preach sometimes to myself. Right? I need to tell myself what God says. I need to remind myself what God says. There's nothing wrong with you preaching to yourself. That's not weird, right? We won't lock you up. Preach to yourself. Tell yourself of God's promises. David's telling himself over and over and over of the things that God did to remind himself in his heart what the Lord did. Another one we've got to do with this heart, I use this all the time, we've got to scrub this heart and wash this heart because we're living in a contaminated world. There's things we see and hear, and sometimes we're not even looking for it, but it just comes, and we have to change a channel, or we have to change a radio station, but we've got to scrub this heart out. 
You know, it's almost like sitting down for dinner. You would never sit down for dinner with filthy hands after you just fixed your car so your light indicator would go out. They wouldn't allow you to sit down and eat with that. They'd want you to do what? Wash your hands. Clean yourself up. It's the same with our, our hearts. We've got to give this heart a good scrub, 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 scrub. And how do we do that? How do we scrub it down? We do it with uh, God's word. In fact, I love this verse. It's not just a marriage verse. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, and it says this, that he, talking about Jesus, might sanctify and cleanse her. It's actually talking about the church. Notice what it says. By the washing of water, by what? The word of God. It's the word of God when it's read and listened to and sung, does a washing of our hearts, scrubs out those places. I love, we could go over and over uh, of so many scriptures of it, really moves in the rooms of our hearts, the places that we would like to hide or put things away, and it scrubs those things out so that our hearts are open and they're clean before the Lord, that he might sanctify and cleanse her by the washing of water. By what washes it? The word of God. It's the word of God that washes. That's why I love Jesus when he says these things in Matthew 5, 6, and 8. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Wait, there's a hunger and a thirst. There's a hunger and a thirst that takes place when I'm going for righteousness, right standing, the truth of his word. There's a hunger on the inside of me for those things. In fact, he says these words, for they shall be what? Filled, right? Filled. He goes on in verse 8, he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the, the pure in heart. We're to be people that hunger for him. Even if I have to get with somebody in my community and say, Michelle, you need to talk to me today. I'm discouraged. Michelle, encourage me. Do you encourage me today? Michelle, let me encourage you today. We need to have that flow back, back and forth to work on this heart. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Bow your heads, if you would, with me today. I actually want to pray two things, even as our worship team comes forward. If you had a dashboard that you could see of your heart, what areas of focus would you need to focus on? in order to be reset. Just remember that, that verse in 2 Corinthians, you're a new creation. You're a new creature. You were born anew. Your heart's been changed. Your heart has to follow the Lord Jesus. Without anybody looking around today, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, boy, what a great step to take. In fact, I would like all of us to pray this prayer that I say. Can we all
all say this, ready? Dear God, I believe in Jesus. And I believe that he lived. And that he died. But he rose again. I accept him as my Lord, as my Savior. Thank you for bringing me into your family. Thank you for forgiving all my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that today, it's the first step, right, in scrubbing this heart. But I want to pray for all of us today. In fact, I wrote this down. In fact, if you would bow your heads and just receive this today. I pray that your heart hungers and thirsts for him more than anything else in this life. That's my prayer. I pray that your heart hungers and thirsts for him more than anything else in this life and that you would be filled. And Lord, we receive that today. Let our hearts that are guarded, that are scrubbed, that are being built up and encouraged for you, that are meditating your word, be filled to full. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Stand with me if you will.